we are in the middle of a series that we have been walking through in the summer entitled Walking with Jesus Through First John. Uh, what we love to do here at St. Peter is every summer pick a book of the Bible and just kind of slowly work our way through it verse by verse to understand a little more fully what God teaches us uh, through that part of the Bible. So uh, we started back in early June, I think it was. We're about seven weeks into it, and we've covered some really good ground so far. So if you haven't been with us, we've looked at things like in 1 John chapter 1. This will be part of our confession in a little bit. Uh, it says, if anyone says he's without sin, uh, he deceives himself and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just. He'll forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just, just kind of like we saw in the baptism here a moment ago. God washes us clean and makes us brand new. We've also learned that we are God's children. That's our identity. Our primary identity is the children of God, baptized into Christ Jesus. And what that means is the rest of our life flows out from that as we become more and more like Jesus. And we're learning all of this from one of the first-hand eyewitnesses to the life and the teachings of Jesus, John, one of his closest friends and followers, writing this probably late into his life, maybe even up into his 80s or 90s, and he wants believers both then and all the way to today to have some encouragement for when life gets challenging, uh, when there are difficulties that come across our paths. And for this uh, difficulties, it could be any number of things. Uh, we've learned already in chapter 2 about those who directly oppose the work of God in the world. We'll touch back on that here in just a minute. And today we're going to learn about how to discern when things aren't clear about what people are teaching or saying is right or true. Uh, maybe, here's a question for you to think about as we're jumping into this, uh, maybe you, like me, have spent most of your life as a Christian. Uh, I was baptized as an infant in my parents' living room, actually. The pastor came over, and there was a small group that gathered there. And so the whole uh, time I have been alive, I've known and followed Jesus. Some of you have come to faith later in life. Maybe you were baptized as an older child or even as an adult. And so for you, you may be uh, closer to that moment where you came to faith in Jesus. For some of you, you may find that it's getting easier and easier to follow Jesus. Just as you learn more about the Bible, as you learn more about Christian community, you're finding it easy. For some of you, though, uh, it may be actually getting harder. Harder because you're finding yourself slowing down, maybe with the enthusiasm in following Jesus. Maybe it's just kind of lost some of the charm from the beginning. Or, or maybe what you're finding is that the world around you is getting more confusing. Right? Maybe you've seen an increase in hostility towards people who don't agree with or uh, share your same values. Uh, maybe you're worried. I was talking to a friend the other day. They said, you know, I can't really go deep in any relationships because I figure if I tell them what I really think, they're just going to get mad at me or cancel me, right? Or, or, or something like that. It seems like anxiety and hostility are increasing in our world. And so the question is, what are we supposed to do when life gets hard or when what people say don't line up with what we believe and teach. To try to answer that, here's what we're going to try to consider. Sorry, I jumped one too many. Uh, here's the kind of main point I want to get across, and then we're going to look at how this flows from that passage we read from 1 John chapter 4, right? So here's the main point of what I want to talk about today. As children of God, remember that's our primary, primary identity, we are constantly under spiritual attack from the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature. Martin Luther, 500 years ago, called that the unholy trinity, the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. We'll come back to that a little bit later on. We are not, however, helpless in the fight, for the truth of God's word gives us all that we need to know and to follow Jesus. 
So let's take a look at how John gets at that. Starting in verse 1, he says this, Dear friends, do not believe that everyone who claims to speak do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. So to get started, it seems like what John is referring to here is a challenge to the early Christian community that was presented because there were people going around saying, I have a word from God, I have uh, some truth I want to reveal to you, but it was not agreeing with what John and the other disciples and the other apostles were teaching and preaching. And so the people were left confused. What is from God and what is not? Uh, What John says that we should do is to put whatever they say and whoever they are to the test. Now, sometimes that seems a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe you're familiar with these passages of Scripture. I hit the wrong button, I think. Let me see if I can go back to that. Can you bring me up to my slides? I may hit the blackout one. We'll see how this works. You may be familiar with the passage uh, from Matthew chapter 7, do not judge others, right? Actually, it's one of the most quoted uh, scriptures, judge not, right? Often, that's what people say when they don't feel comfortable because you're pressing into some area of their life, maybe that they are straying from Jesus, right? So say, who are you to judge me, right? Uh, That's not actually what Jesus means, by the way, because he says, judge not, uh, lest ye be judged, or and you will not be judged. Or look at John chapter 7, similar thing. He says, look beneath the surface so that you can judge correctly. What Jesus is talking about is not saying we shouldn't judge anyone, but that we should hold them to the right standard and hold ourselves to the same. That's why Jesus goes on in Matthew chapter 7 to say this, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. See, what Jesus is saying is we should always be on the lookout for those who are seeking to lead us astray. He calls them even vicious wolves in sheep's clothing. But he says you can tell whether or not they are from God, in this case, he says, by their fruit, that is the way they act. In the same way that a healthy tree produces healthy fruit, you can discern the level of its health by the fruit that it bears. So Jesus says when we are dealing with other people, And we're trying to figure out, is this person living consistently in the words and the ways of Jesus? That's an indicator of spiritual health. But when there is an abundance of foul language, deceptive behavior, when there is betrayal or outright harm, those are not the fruits of faith. Those are evidence of some kind of spiritual unhealthiness or even a lack of faith. Jesus says if we want to know whether or not someone is from God, if they are a true uh, teacher, if they are living out their faith correctly, look at their fruit. John gives us another way to test whether or not someone is of God or whether they say is consistent with Scripture. He says this in verse 2. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. It's kind of like the fruit test that Jesus described, although in this case it would be, can the person who is trying to teach you something, can they agree with this statement? Jesus Christ came into the world, took on human flesh. He was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. Those words sound familiar? Right, those are from our creeds, the Apostles and Nicene creeds. Uh, what John is saying is that you can tell whether or not someone is going to be teaching or living consistently with God if they can acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God 
in human flesh. Now, this is helpful for us when we try to figure out what are we supposed to do with other world religions or other branches even of Christianity. So think, for example, Hinduism or Buddhism, Eastern religions, how would they talk about Jesus? They would say that he was an enlightened teacher, right? a human being uh, who had an extra measure of wisdom. But they would not say that it is God who has come into a human body. Uh, or take, for example, Islam. Islam talks a lot about Jesus in the Quran. They consider him one of the prophets that should be honored. But they would say he did not die for the sins of the world. He did not rise from the dead, and he certainly is not in heaven and returning with power and glory. He is not truly God. So Islam could not agree that Jesus is the Son of God who has come in a real human body. So how do you tell if someone is living consistently or teaching with authority from the truth of God and with the Spirit of God? They have to be able to agree with this test. Jesus is the Son of God in human flesh. So then John goes on to say this, but if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge that truth, what I just talked about, the divinity of Christ and his humanity and bodily form, that person is not from God. And instead, such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. Now that title, Antichrist, can be a little intimidating. It simply means in John's letter, anyone who works to oppose the work of God in the world, the anti-version of what Jesus has come to say and do. And as you heard me say before, this Antichrist spirit is, is prevalent all around us in the spiritual forces that are seeking to confuse, to distract so they can divide and destroy the work of God and his people in the world. So then what are we to do? How do we respond once we're aware that there can be false teachings, there can be false teachers out there, or people who are trying to lead us astray? Well, let's go back to our main point. We are constantly under attack from the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature, but we are not helpless in the fight. For the truth of God's word gives us all that we need to know and follow Jesus. Let's see how John describes that, continuing in verse 4. He says this, remember who you are. Right? Always go back and start with your identity. Remember that you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over these people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Right? What John says is you can be fully aware that there are spiritual forces at work outside of you and even inside your own broken nature, but you don't need to be overwhelmed or overcome by them. Funny little side story. On Friday... I was working on our house. We're doing a big house project, and we had a plumber over because the inspector was coming. So we were trying to do a few projects, waiting for the plumber to get there. His, his name is Joe. He's a great, a great guy, right? AAA Rodriguez, if you need a plumber. Anyway, Joe and I were working on some vent stacks and connecting in our sump pump, and Joe knows that I'm a Lutheran pastor, and he's from a Catholic background, so he's asking me all sorts of questions. Do you pray to Mary? I said, well, no, we don't pray to Mary. We respect Mary. Um, do you think she was a virgin? Yeah, we think. So we're going through like all these doctrinal points. We talked about the creed, the Ten Commandments. We talked about the Lord's Prayer. And then he said this. He said, what do you think about evil spirits? <laughs> I said, Joe, I just want you to get that vent to go through the roof right. <laughs> but while we're on the subject, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he had all sorts of questions and I had all sorts of time, right? And uh, we passed the inspection, by the way. But I said, yes, Joe. This is something we can agree on. There are spiritual forces at play in the world around us. We may not see them, but we are affected by them, but we don't need to be afraid of them because of this, right? The spirit that lives within you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. 
Now, it's important to note that John had a very specific spirit of mind when he wrote that, and he says it later on in chapter 5. He says this, we know that we are the children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. He's referring specifically to the devil. That is, the angel of God who once was at his right hand but rebelled against him. We call him the devil, Satan. He goes by a number of different names, and he is the father of lies. And he seeks to distract and discourage. And, and while he is just one spiritual being, he is a powerful one. But again, not more powerful than the Spirit of God that dwells within you by faith. So this is where that takes us. We're going to wrap up with verses 5 and 6. Those people who belong to this world and are in agreement with the lies and the deceptions of the devil. They speak from the world's viewpoint and the world listens to them. But we, we who follow Jesus, who belong to God, and those who know God, they listen to us. And if they do not belong to God, they don't listen to us. And this is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. John, uh, one of the closest friends and followers of Jesus, authorized to proclaim his word, wrote down several books in our Bible, John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of Revelation, five out of the uh, books of the New Testament by this one follower of Jesus. He says, when we write and speak and remember and rehearse God's word, it resonates deeply within us because we know God and are known by him. And it keeps us connected to him and to one another and grounded in the truth so that whenever doubts or uncertainties rise, we know we can return to it, to be shaped by it, to be strengthened by it, as it draws us closer to him. So one last time, as children of God, we are constantly under the spiritual attack from the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature, but we're not helpless in the fight. For the truth of God's word gives us all that we need to know and follow Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ to resurrection life. Amen.